Hey Eric, so this week's episode, we talked about going unplugged again. And I know when we go unplugged, usually you and I have a bit of a conversation prior to hitting record. We pick a topic um, or we look at maybe some of our suggestions we've had from our listeners, um, you know, who may have emailed us about a specific topic. But this is going to be totally unplugged in respect that you have no idea what I'm about to say next. Yeah, so you're uh, you're even in the dark, and um, and here's it. Look, you and I are very positive people. One of the reasons for this podcast in the first place is um, is for us to um, to sow some seeds of positivity, um, give people some tools, techniques, yeah. maybe just um, just change the the way they think about certain things to have like a positive. Yeah, have a positive impact in their life, or you know, help them in the direction of their life. However, um, this isn't about positivity today. So, you know, I'm going to hold my hands up and admit, you know, I've um, I've been a bit depressed over the last few days. Um, so, um, so that's kind of the topic of today. I wanted to really talk about depression. So what do you think about that? I think that's super interesting. Mm. I think that there are people, especially in the like mindset movements, where they kind of teach this idea that you always have to be up, you always have to be positive. And I 100% disagree with that. I think that I think that everything kind of has its opposite. Mm. And so with, with great happiness can sometimes come great sadness. And I, and I think that as people, we're capable of all of those things and really should be able to deal with all of them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So more on that in a moment, but first... Hello, I'm Steve. And I'm Eric. And together we are two dads with one mission. Welcome to the I Dads podcast. This is the show for dads, all about fatherhood, faith and freedom, one conversation at a time. Yeah, so Eric, you were saying just before our break there, you were saying um, it's almost like this uh, this feeling of um, you know, in the um, in the personal development space, it's all unicorn and rainbows. It's all yeah. smiles and giggles. When, you know, coaches and people who work in that, that um, you know, professional and personal development space, we have day-to-day challenges as, as well. We have, yeah. we have days where, you know, we've, we've had some, you know, obstacles, adversity and, and challenging times. And boy, I'm not going to delve into it too much on the podcast. I want to keep this on point and turn, turn this, um, this, what I would call quite a, a negative topic into some positivity because I've certainly got some techniques and tools I want to share with our audiences. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, um, it, it's one of those things where we can get sad or even classify it. And, you know, again, I didn't say I was having a down couple of days. I felt a bit down. Now I felt depressed. That's yeah. how low it was. I've had bouts yeah. of, of depression over the last few days. And, you know, for those of um, those of you, because um, I know family and friends and people who are closer to me are listening to this, you know kind of what's going on in my life right now. I've got some some really big challenges, some some which are, are just exhausting. And I think the combination of being, you know, exhausted and challenges, uh, uh, you know, and, and sometimes just looking for a, a little bit of, of, of light in a dark place, you know, yeah. puts you into these places where you can label that as, you know, as depression. You know, I don't know if, I don't know if I know everything about what's going on with your life. You, you and I are pretty close, but I, I know enough to understand the basis for what you're saying. Um, 
one, one of the things that's really helped me is that is to is to understand that depression is it, it, it can come from things that are making us anxious mm. but then those anxieties go unresolved for too long and that depression is almost like an expression of us kind of giving up yeah you know yeah. and needing somebody to kind of lift us up and say hey you know here's a helping hand or how can i help you or i'm here for you you know that kind of thing that, mm. that can really help to know that you're not alone right yeah yeah you know Which i've really recently had a loss of my coach and and the thing that bothers me the most is that he somehow never made that leap to reach out to somebody else and say, I'm struggling, I'm depressed. You know, mm. I've had some depression myself recently. And it comes from things that are going on with my daughter that I don't have control over. So that that started really, you know, you know initially when I found out some of the things that were going on with her, it, it created some anxiety in me. Like, how, how am I going to help her? How, how's that going to be resolved? And then it, and then it's just kind of broken into this, like, it feels like there's not much I can do. Right. Mm, And so that's kind of left me with some sadness. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. Mm. And I think, I think that when your perspective is such that you, even, even when you're in the depression, you're not, it, I think where depression gets dangerous is when you feel like, there's no hope. Mm. So when, when somebody loses hope, that's a very different thing than just being depressed. Here's yeah. the great thing about depression. A lot of really great things come out of it. Yeah. People, people will have creative moments, you know, they'll, they'll, um, they'll come out of it or, or even, even in the midst of it can, can change perspective in life that can really ultimately change the course of their entire life. Like it mm-hmm. might propel them to do something very different that then changes the course of their whole life. And in some cases changes the course of the lives around them, you know, especially yeah. children or spouses or close friends, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So depression, I think is, is often viewed in our culture, especially in these Western cultures where, you know, everything's a, a, a prescription drug response and, it, and it's like, no, we have to stop the depression. Well, yeah. I don't necessarily think so. I think that you just need to kind of get comfortable with it. And then, and then work your way out of it. Yeah. It's almost like it's a process. Yeah. So you don't stop a process, you know, that's got moving parts. You've just said a very couple of interesting thing, uh, things. A, a few moments ago, you mentioned like, you're not alone. You used that phrase, you're not yeah. alone. And I want to explain the reason why I came to choose this as today's topic in a moment. And then, um, and then I think I want to follow that up on, you, you know, kind of prescription and, and try to prescribe drugs to kind of stop an active process. And the way I want to do that is, is to talk about some research and some science. And I think a combination of, of those will give our listeners some, some tools, hopefully some, um, some insights and some perspective for those of you who have had bouts of, uh, of times in your life when, when maybe, you know, you've suffered from some depression, uh, you know, depression in your life or, or have, um, you know, depressed thoughts, hopefully they'll give you some perspective on that. So the first thing is, yeah, out of the blue yesterday, an old friend of mine who I haven't spoken to probably for nearly a year, so probably the last time I spoke to him might have been 10, 11 months ago, yeah. bit of a WhatsApp, um, you know, and, and then kind of that's it, um, just reached out to me for whatever reason, said, hey, Steve, 
not spoken long time no speak how's it going that was the message and i and i just wrote back i, I didn't wrote back oh i'm really depressed i just wrote back say life's really tough right now so uh so you know who you are life's really tough right now um and i just it was a real just a single sentence really tough and i just went into a couple of reasons why it's kind of tough but didn't intimate that i was depressed in any way yeah but then a few minutes later a reply comes back and the reply was look when i find myself and again i'm paraphrasing here when i find myself in times like these here are some of the things i do and he gave me a list and uh, and the list was three or four things and i think that's the reason why um i chose this for our unplugged but just the fact that he sent me a list of three or four positive things to do i'm reminded now of some of the research that isn't about depression per se but um you know bear with me as i, I explain the research because i think there's a nice overlap First okay. thing before I give you the research, research is from, um, and I'll say this name again in a moment. It's from um, a doctor called um, Jeffrey M. Swartz, who is um, one of the leading foremost um, experts on um, OCD, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, I'm going to revert back to that in a moment, but let me just kind of give you a bit of a primer before I give you that research. And the primer basically is it's about, um, it's something that's called neuroplasticity. So yeah. what is neuroplasticity? It's like, look, when we have a thought, so let's keep this in the context of, of what this episode is about, depression. So when you have a, a, a thought that fits within the, the context, the category of depression, we fire a neural network in our nervous system. So that neural network fires and it stores that memory. And, you know, for the, for the, for the people that are, um, uh, you know, are really educated in brain-based sciences, they may be listening to this now to say, Steve, you're making that sound really simple. It's far more complicated than that. Yeah, I'm trying to just just keep it simple. Like I could explain this to a, you know, to a, to a, a small kid. Yeah. So our neural network fires and it encodes that memory and it stores that memory. But then if I have another thought, maybe in an hour, tomorrow, next week, and it's in that same category, like, um, uh, you, you know, something that's a depressing thought, that neural network will fire, uh, but it will also, it will fire the previous neural network. And it's like neural networks that fire together. So it will take this new information today and yep. it will fire that old information, that depressing thought from maybe yesterday, last week or the month before, and it will fire them both together. And then neural networks that fire together, wire together. So it will mesh them. Yeah. And then that will become like a, a stronger, um, a stronger context within my nervous system of depressing thoughts. And then if I continue to have over the next few days, weeks, months, years, decades, sometimes depressing thoughts, that neural network just builds and builds and becomes yep. stronger and fires and you know more readily, more accessible until sometimes you wake up and, and basically your whole day is just a series of depression. And that's True. when you're usually clinically um you know diagnosed as a clinically depressed person because yeah. you've built this neural network that's so powerful you can't even have a positive thought anymore okay so that's what's happening so there's just a little bit of background now back to jeffrey m swartz so jeffrey m swartz he did um he did some research um on um ocd patients and what he did with ocd patients he took basically and these were some of the worst compulsive disorder patients you can think of people that had become dysfunctional in society right. 
and unable like to. Like they can't even walk out of a room without doing something oh, specific exactly, yeah. or whatever. They have yeah. to switch maybe the light switch on 27 times right. <laughs> you know, before they know the light's on or off. Um, you know, so it's really, really obsessive OCD. And what he did is he um, he basically did um, PET scans. I don't know whether you know about PET, which is, uh, I think it's positron emission tomology. So right. he basically took this, this photograph of the brain and it's certain areas of the brain that are lit up. So then he mapped out the areas of the brain where this OCD lives and then other areas of the brain. So he took a PET scan from day one. And then basically he gave them a simple task. And the reason why I was reminded of this is my friend yesterday gave me this small list. These are things that I, I do on a daily basis. Maybe it would help you too. And basically he gave them two things to do. The first thing, they had it written down. And it's like whenever they would have these um, obsessive compulsive thoughts, they would have a written piece of paper. They would pull out the piece of paper and the first thing it would say, and they would say it to themselves out loud, it would say, you know, um, I'm not OCD. These are just my symptoms, something along that line. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not OCD, and just think about that. I'm not. It's I'm like not, a, yeah. identity belief. Yep. Like you believe you're OCD when, no matter who you think you are, you're much more than that. We've had an episode on We've that. We've had an episode. Um, yeah. So, so it's you know, I'm not OCD. It's just my symptoms, and then a small list. And there's there was either five or ten things he would have them do. Um, one of them could be maybe listen to their favorite music, read a book, go for a walk, 10 things that they could do. Um, and, and basically those are the only two things. Whenever you have this, this obsessive compulsive thought, you pull it out, you say to yourself, I'm not OCD. That's just my symptoms. Pick one thing off the list, go and do it. Okay. Um, to the best of your ability. So uh, several weeks later, and again, this full study is online. You could Google Jeffrey M. Swartz, OCD, and you'll find his research out there. It's published mm -hmm. papers. Um, then he got them back several weeks later and he took, um, you know, PET scans, positron emission to, um, tomography again, PET scans of the, of the brain and compared them and, you know, and had a debrief of them. And what they said is, yeah, I, every time I pulled this out and I got to the list and and I tried, here's the interesting thing, I tried to do something off the list and maybe I could do it for a, for a minute or two, but then these obsessive thoughts just kept coming back and I was back in the loop. And yeah. then something really interesting happened. When he looked at the pictures of the brain, what he saw is the areas of the brain that were lit up where the OCD was living, they started to shrink. And other areas of the brain, which were not lit up previously, they they were starting yep. to kind of grow and like yep. like maybe new resources were building there. Yeah. Um. So so what what his paper termed, and I love this, is that even if you try, right, honest effort still counts. Yeah. So even if you, even if you try and don't succeed, the fact that you've 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 had honest effort to do something. Okay, you're changing your brain chemistry. Yep. And over time, with this neuroplasticity, you know, if you carry on, maybe next time, instead of it being two minutes, you might be able to listen to maybe a, your favorite music for five minutes. You may be able to go for a walk yeah. for, for 30 minutes instead of 10 minutes before you get so anxious you have to return home. And then obviously, then all of a sudden, you know, as time goes on, that half an hour means you can spend half a day out of the house before right. you become anxious. So it's like right. an honest effort still counts. So the reason I wanted to share this research and kind of how the brain works is um, because I think those are wonderful things. My my friend yesterday um, did me the utmost unintended on his behalf 
um, uh, I don't even know how to phrase it, you know, privilege. Um, he, he, he did something which I'm so humbled to have received. He, he reminded me of the skills I already know. Right. In, in, you know, and sometimes that's what we need. We need somebody to come alongside us and just kind of remind us of who we are or yeah. what we can be or yeah. So again, you know, it was it was really for OCD people, but I can see there's an overlap and it would work for people who are maybe feeling a bit anxious or sad or depressed. And it's really simple. Just a little a little list of yep. things that you could be doing instead. Just and a when little you're shift. feeling depressed or feeling anxious or or feeling overwhelmed or the things that you, you have these compulsive thoughts and, and, and they're overwhelming, you have a little reminder, a little post-it note, something somewhere, and you have a list of things that you enjoy doing. Yep. You know, um, have a list of a minimum of five, maybe five to ten, and just pick one of them, okay? And go and do that long enough with enough honest effort that it still counts. Yeah. And I guarantee over time, those thoughts will get a little less compulsive, a little less intrusive, um, right. you know, and it helps. And at right. the end of the day, no matter what, you're changing your brain chemistry. The act right. of doing something is, you know, at, at, a, at a level is changing brain chemistry. Right. So we're getting we're getting to the end here. But I want to say a couple of things based upon what you've said. First thing is, and we'll just use OCD as an example. Yes, there are extreme examples of that. But I'm talking about more of the kind of everyday version where people can sometimes feel like they struggle with some minor OCD or whatever. Maybe maybe they're just an organized person and, mm -hmm. and people have told them, oh, you're so OCD because their car is clean and their house is clean or whatever. And then that that starts to kind of get in their head and they start thinking, oh, I'm, I'm OCD. And they put this label on themselves. I'm a little OCD. Mm -hmm. And and I can either dwell on that like um, like it's a problem or I can decide this is an advantage and how do I how do I capitalize that on that in my life? What that's meant for me and being in digital marketing for 10 years is I can look at a website and very, very quickly pick out details that are not right. That's mm -hmm. just one example. I can just look at things and go, oh, there's there's something that needs to be addressed. Okay. The other thing I wanted to say is, is and, and maybe this is a takeaway from this episode. Because for literally hundreds of years, medicine has told us that the brain is fixed. And it's really only in the last maybe five years where it started to become common knowledge that we have this thing that we now call, you know, plasticity, that, that the brain can change. And that's really what you've been talking about for the last portion of this episode is that you can change your brain. And, but if, but if you weren't aware of that, this, that, that can be a great takeaway for this episode is just knowing that your behavior, your thoughts can absolutely change your brain chemistry. So embrace that. And there's loads of information. Steve's given a resource. You know, if you just type in brain plasticity is, is just a generic keyword, you'll find lots of research and, and, and ways to kind of capitalize on that and change, not just the way you think, but really kind of change who you are. So any last thoughts or should we just land this plane and get on with it? Yeah, we need we need to land this one. I'm just looking at our timers. We're, we're long. Um, in the background, we're, we're kind of running from our, our normal 15 All right, minutes. let's wrap it up. So, what, so what, um, are we, what are we talking about next time? Yeah, next episode is going to be a really exciting episode. It's going to be titled, You Can't Join the Dots Going Forward. So you can't join the dots going forward. All right, so look forward to that. And if you want to reach out to us, it's simple, allieddads.com. And 
Steve, what do people need to do before they check out of this video or podcast? Hey, you need to check out your favorite streaming channels or our YouTube channel if you're watching the video version of this. Um, hit those subscribe and bell buttons. Uh, you'll be notified when the next episode lands. New yep. episodes every Thursday. Yep. Okay. I think it's been a good episode. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, Appreciate fantastic. the topic, and we will talk soon. Yep. See you on the next episode. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>